I have a message for you today that is inspired by the fact that we're in Labor Day weekend. I sought the Lord and I said, you know, it's Labor Day weekend, Lord. I'd like to have a message along that line. And like he always does, he sends me an opposite direction that is amazingly connected. It's like if you have a coin, one side is heads, one side is tails. And if we had a, a labor coin, one side would be labor, then the other side would be anybody? Rest. rest. And I want to entitle today's message, Creation's Rest. Creation's Rest. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? <clears throat> Father, I come to you today. I ask you to, to speak through me. Um, let, there, let these be your words, not mine, your thoughts, not mine. And I ask by your great Holy Spirit that you would open our ears to hear what we need to hear. And I, Lord, I know that will probably be individual for most of us. I also pray, Lord God, that you will open our minds supernaturally by your great Holy Spirit to understand, comprehend everything that's being taught today. And then finally, Lord, by your great Holy Spirit, your wonderful Spirit, to open our hearts to receive absolutely everything that you have for us. Lord, I will promise you this, that I'll be cautious and careful to make sure that all the honor and the glory goes to you. In the name of Jesus, can you say amen? amen. All right. Well, this is Labor Day weekend, and for a lot of folks, it's a party weekend. Uh, it's a boating weekend. It's a barbecue weekend. It's I, apparently a fireworks weekend. Uh, we had one uh, family, oh, probably a block or two from our house. They started partying uh, yesterday morning about 9 o'clock. And uh, all I can say was I felt really bad for Diane's family that was camping in our back 40 because I have no clue what time these folks, they stopped partying. But, uh, man, they made a, they had themselves a, they labored at partying, let me tell you what. And I'm betting they're resting today. <laughs> right? Well, where did Labor Day come from? It's a, it's a tribute to the contributions and achievement of American workers. It was created in the late 19th century and became a federal holiday in 1894. But as I said, it also symbolizes the end of summer for many Americans. Sad day, right? And also the kickoff to the school season. Happy day! <laughs> but it really does. It kind of, it's like a marker in time, Labor Day. Even for churches. A lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of churches have what's known as the summer slump. Attendance goes down, giving goes down, you name it. We don't really experience a lot of that here at Res. But then uh, you have... Uh, September comes, fall starts, kids are back in school, and it's like everybody settles back into the normalcy of everyday life kind of thing. And so uh, for many, uh, that's, 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 that's how it is. Now, I don't know about you, but I think life has its more than its fair share of labor, huh? of toil, of work. Uh, you know, we've, we've created things in life to make it a little bit easier, but I think it's had the reverse effect. You know, the things that we created to make life easier only ended up giving us more time to work, 
more time to be labor intensive. You know, we got uh, microwave ovens and speedy voice uh, activated smartphones and high speed internet service and digital this and digital that and fast food and frozen entrees and, and, and instant anything, you know, get her done quick so I can work more, so I can labor more. Never in history have people possessed so many time-saving devices. And I think it's a good thing to have them, but never in history has man had so little time to save. That's the crazy thing about it. And, and many of you, you're good Christian folks, and, but you work hard as well and stay busy and uh, your calendars stay full. I mean, think about it. You squeeze in as much overtime in work as, as they'll give you, and I know that's for, for the extra dollars. I get that. You volunteer at maybe many community services, and you work for some every other night at the church. And then what about chauffeuring the kids from uh, uh, this activity to that activity and so forth? And we're basically one exhausted people who don't know how to rest, who don't know how to, for many, shut off the phone, the device, the hustle and the bustle, the, the busyness was never a part of God's master plan. Yes, 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 it was his master plan that we do work and that we are productive and that we multiply, right? But it was never his plan for us to forget about the blessings of rest, to keep that as much in the forefront of our minds as our work. It's like the coin. You can't have the heads without the tails. So you can't just have the labor without the rest. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, I'm not going to do a lesson on the law of Sabbath, Saturday, Sunday, whatever that may be, and you can't do any work. You know, if you were going to be under the law, you did any work, even if you picked up leaves and sticks in your yard, we'd have to stone you the next Sunday. We're, aren't you grateful we're not in, into stoning? Praise God. Hallelujah. So maybe our exhaustion in part comes from not knowing who we are and why we're here. Remember, God's creation is good. He created everything, and he looked and he said, very good. It's all very good. Uh, he, you and I are a part of God's, God's creation as well. Uh, and in this case, he formed us with his hand and breathed directly into us. In everything else he created, he spoke it into existence. But for you and I... He reached down and grabbed the dust of the earth and created us by hand. That's for, 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 for men. And then for women, he took a part of man out and he created woman as well. That's his hands-on masterpieces. You and I, special plans for us. And the problem is, is that we don't know how to recognize who we are, that in the eyes of God, we're a part of his creative process. Keep that in mind. We are a part of the creative creation process. And if we could only see things from God's perspective and the fact that he looks at us as a great part of the creation, we would know that we already exist a day each week to slow down and catch our breath. You see, this is God's master plan. His master plan is not that we work seven days a week. 
his master plan is that we work at least maybe six days a week. But that the, I guess the point is his master plan is that there's one day every week that's a day of rest. I know this is foreign to all of you to think. Now, I'm not talking about a day where you just nap all day. That's not what I'm talking about. It's resting from your labor, your regular toil. You know, a lot of times I, I take a Sabbath almost every Monday. And if I go work out in my shop, that's, that's just real relaxation and, and, and mental, emotional therapy for me when I work in my shop. That's Sabbath-like. Or then I decide, well, I'm going to take, I, said, I think I did it on Monday. I said, uh, Diane, I said, you know, I think I'm going to take a Sabbath day today. She said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to probably work in my shop, and maybe I'll go fishing, and then I'll sit around and read for a while. So well, I didn't sleep. It wasn't like I sat there dormant going, what am I going to do? And I certainly didn't sit there all day and go, wait a minute, that's a typewriter. So we have been given a day by God in the creation process to slow down and catch our breath. God filled this first six day with all of his creative acts, but on the seventh day he rested. God rested. The only person in all of creation, in all of the universe who didn't actually need any rest, because he never grows weary, rested. And I'm glad he did. Genesis chapter 2 if you want to, you can turn your Bible there. I want to read three verses from Genesis chapter 2, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. The master himself says, I am finished with this work that I'm doing, and now I'm going to establish a paradigm for my creation, a day of rest. And few, if any of us, take advantage of that creative blessing of rest. But aren't you glad that God didn't quit on the sixth day, the sixth day? I mean, you know what that would mean, don't you, if God didn't quit after doing all his work? That would mean that life would be nothing more than an opportunity to work, 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 and more work. And yet that's how many of us live in this rat race here on planet Earth. Work, 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 work. And never take a break from our work to catch our breath. God determined that a critical aspect of creation would be rest. Now for Diane, for her resting is out on her, her day bed in the cabana, reading until she falls asleep. That's her idea. Or if I, I can find her one or two places typically, and that's either on the cabana uh, resting, and if she's not there, I just gotta go look in the living room under a blanket on the couch. And Okay, now Diane's not lazy. Diane's a hard, hard working woman, and she works her fingers to the bone and so many things, but she knows how to say, off switch, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. Now, it's interesting that the Hebrew word 
for refreshed. And we see that word in Exodus chapter 31, verse 17. It says, it's a sign between me and the children of Israel for forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, check this out, he rested and was refreshed. Again, I find it unlikely that Almighty God, uh, uh, omnipotent, all-powerful, actually needed rest. Boy, I'm tired, y'all, and I'm going to take a nap. No, that's not God. But did you notice it also says that he was refreshed in what he saw in his work. It's interesting what the word refreshed means in the Hebrew language. Are you ready? It means to stop and catch your breath. The Hebrew word for rest transliterates to stop and catch your breath. The imagery is that a person can work so hard that they can run ahead of their breath. That's the idea. And then they, they run out of breath. And what when you run out of breath, it's, you stop and grab your knees and catch your breath. Right? Anybody ever, ever done that? You know, stop and catch your breath. And it's a refreshing catch-up breath. We all need them. And we all know the imagery doesn't necessarily work for God because he has no knees to grab. And uh, he certainly never grows weary. So, But yet it says that he rested and was refreshed by this specific day that was a part of his creative imagination and genius and brilliance. God created a day for us to rest. And I don't even want to go through a checklist with each one of you and say, how many of you actually take a day to rest? Because for many, it wouldn't be there. So apparently God knows when to say stop. And he created you and I in his image. And the enemy has perverted our life so much we don't know when to say stop. We don't know when to say stop. You need to understand this and let it rest in that the seventh day rest was a part of God's creative ordinance. His first creative ordinance. Man was his other creative ordinance. And I'm not talking about a day to, I'm just going to sit there blindly and do nothing, but something that refreshes you. I, I can go work in my shop, and I'm refreshed in that time period that I'm out there. I can go out to my, in my fishing boat and fish, and I'm refreshed when I do that. Are you hearing me? Uh, I, I also like, I have a PS5, and I love playing video games, and I can go play a couple video games, and I'm refreshed. When I do that, uh, so it isn't just about. I guess I have to sit here like a bump on a log and act like an idiot. Okay, I can do all those other things and still act like an idiot. Just saying. Okay, and so can all of you. Now, there's a great book that was written a number of years ago. It's the book's actually called Velvet Elvis, and the author had the idea of some of the paintings. Anybody ever seen the Velvet Elvis paintings that are on the wall? So. He, he had a, an odd way of looking at things. But let me read these nine statements that came from his book. They're really pretty cool and very profound. You really need to listen to these. Sabbath is, a, is taking a day a week to remind myself that I did not make the world and that it will continue to exist without my efforts. That one was good. 
Sabbath is a day when my work is done even if it isn't. Maybe I should just preach this nine, these nine things here. Three, Sabbath is a day when my job is to enjoy, period. Sabbath is a day when my job is just to enjoy, period. Sabbath is a day when I'm fully available to myself and those I love the most. I often don't take calls from the church on Monday as much as I can because that's my Sabbath day. I'm not going to do this work. And I love this work, what I do as a minister. But I have to have those times to shut, let me say this nicely, shut this off and shut you all out. I, I have to. Okay, it's important, but you have to recognize that it's 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 a it, it's a spiritual thing. It's a part of God's creative process that we have that time to catch our breath, to refresh. Can you say Amen? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, number five, Sabbath is a day when I remember that when God made the world, He saw that it was good. Six, Sabbath is a day when I produce nothing. Seven, Sabbath is the day when I remind myself that I'm not a machine. Eight, Sabbath is the day when at the end of the day, I say, I didn't do anything today, and I don't add, and I feel so guilty about it. Huh? I mean, Diane can take a nap on her day bed or up on the couch, and if she slept for a while, she'll sit up and say, I just feel like I didn't do nothing today. I feel like an absolute worthless thing. And, uh, of course, I have to encourage her, right? Feel so guilty about it. Anybody that way? If you stop, oh, my word. Apparently, I'm not preaching to the choir today. Are you ready for this one? This is a hard one. Y'all going to have to save and get, have to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost for number nine. Sabbath is a day when my phone is turned off. I don't check my email, and you can't get a hold of me. <laughs> I'm watching some of you, and you're like, ah! This is the American Idol. This is what most of us worship. How do I know it? Because if I were to check the number of hours that you're on this compared to the number of hours that you're in this, you would fail miserably. Should I just drop the mic and walk off the platform right now? So if rest and refreshment is important to God, then shouldn't it be important to us? And if it was a part of His design in the creative process... Do you think maybe it's important to him? Yeah. If, and catch this. The day of rest is only one of three parts of creation that God blessed. Only one. He blessed the animals. He blessed humanity. Animals to produce. Humanity to multiply. Uh, and, 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 and in that, he blessed their work. 
but he also blessed rest. But with rest, he not only blesses it, and this is, this is important. I almost entitled this message, The Only Holy Thing. But I knew that would maybe upset you. Not only did he bless it, he sanctified it. It was the first thing in creation that he called holy. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. The first thing in creation that God called holy was his Sabbath rest. Wow. He set it apart. In other words, he set it apart for holy purpose. Sanctifying something declares it to be different, declares it to be special. I value my Mondays so much. Diane can tell you. And, you know, I just don't, I do my very best after almost 30 years in ministry. I've been, Monday's been my day off. And I didn't realize in the beginning that it was to be my Sabbath day. I thought it was just my day off, right? And now I realize it's my day to do whatever uh, brings me joy. And sometimes it's sitting, uh, uh, sitting on the back deck reading all day long. Some days it's like a few of the other things that I just mentioned. God blesses that day as a holy day, something set apart as different and special. Think about it for a minute. If you consider all the people, all the places, and all the things that God sanctified, it's a little bit surprising to me that the first part of creation that God sanctified, called holy, set apart, was not a person, was not a place, was not a thing, it was time. God did that. Six days. Now we know God didn't work hard, okay? He just spoke things, but I'm just saying, let me, let me, use, let me uh, uh, humanize it for a minute. God worked hard for six days, let's just say. And he said, I'm going to create a seventh day. And it's going to be a holy day. It's going to be a sanctified day. And it's going to be a day of refreshment for man to catch their breath. But none of us ever stop fat long enough for our breath to catch up with us. Am I helping anybody today? So it's part of the creative process. He divided time. He declared the day and the week. He declared that it was holy. He declared that it was set aside for him. And do you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying here? He's saying that life is more than work. Maybe you're a workaholic. You just can't stop working then you need to find something to keep yourself active in on at least one day a week that refreshes you. I don't do well just sitting around all day long like a bump on the log. I like to be active. I like to be doing something. And so on my Sabbath day, I choose to do something that brings me joy and brings me pleasure and brings me refreshment. Are you hearing me? That's what God has set apart for us, and I dare say few of us take advantage of the day the holy day of rest God's holiest day wow part of the creative process so there's got to be a balance between rest and work there's got to be a balance between labor and refreshment and the unfortunate thing is that we don't typically take a day just to rest 
And when we do get a day, <laughs> and when we do get a day uh, for ourselves, we wear ourselves out recreating, recreating. Huh? We go camping. Now, going camping in and of itself is not a day of rest. A day at the campsite, sitting around and reading and enjoying the fire and eating s'mores, day of rest. Well, we go boating. Now, I love to boat, but I can tell you right now, where's me right out? Driving those 10 grandkids all over the place and, you know, swinging them around on the tube and watching out for boats. I'm a nervous wreck by the time I get a, when I come in. I'm like, man, I need a day of rest. And another 30 gallons of gas, thank you very much. Uh, snowmobiling, whatever the case may be, we come home wearier from our recreation than we did when we left to recreate. Not God's plan. You, it should not be. I want. I love vacationing. Any, can I get a witness from anybody? Anybody enjoy vacationing? I love vacationing. But I don't want to go on a vacation so that when I get back home, i got to go on a vacation to recover from the vacation. Huh? Diana, and I've had those vacations where we were so doggone active, we were worn out. And then we come to a place one day where we decided and told our kids they hadn't left home yet and they were still at home with us. We, we said, we're going camping because we camp two or three or four times every year, always have. And, uh, well, what, do you, what are we going to do this year? And Diane said, we ain't going to do nothing. What do you mean we ain't going to do nothing? Yeah, we're just going to sit around and nap and read and eat and then nap and read and eat and then nap and read. They said, we're gonna, that's all we're going to do? You want to know how to get your kids to move out of the house? There it is, man. Take them on a vacation where you don't do anything but nap and read and eat. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. A couple of illustrations that I want to share with you. The first one's called a bent bow. A wise old monk was once lying down, relaxing underneath the warm sun when a hunter came rushing toward him. Seeing the monk, the hunter stopped and then chastised the monk for being lazy. Surely a man of God should be busy about his work. The monk sat up, looked at the hunter and said, take your bow and shoot an arrow. And the hunter was not sure why the monk would tell him to do this, but not wanting to offend the holy man, he followed the instructions. And once he shot his bow, the monk told him to shoot another, then another, then another, then another. This continued until the hunter finally said, but sir, if I keep my bow stretched all the time, it'll break. Precisely, said the wise old monk, and so it is with us human beings. We too will break if we push ourselves without taking the time to relax. Without taking the time to relax. Another one, many of you have heard this one about the sharpening of the axe. Uh, one man challenged another to an all-day wood chopping contest. The challenger worked very hard, st stopping only for a brief lunch break. The other man had a leisurely lunch break and took several breaks during the day. And at the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and quite frankly annoyed to find out that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he had. I don't get it, he said. Every time I checked, you were taking a rest, yet you chopped more wood than I did. 
But you didn't notice, said the winning woodsman, that I was sharpening my axe when I was sitting down resting. That's something to think about. I can really relate to that today. I'm making a, a walnut door for Diane, big walnut door, and uh, an inch and a half lumber, and, and I gotta, I'm cutting mortises and tenons. Uh, trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. And uh, my, my mortises were easy, our tenons were easy to cut, but the mortises are you have to dig a hole into the wood for the tenon to go in, and they're over two inches deep mortises, they're, okay? And now I have a mortiser, uh, but the wood was all too big to fit within the throat of the mortiser. Well, I can't use the power mortiser. And there's a couple other ways that I could do it, but it's not nearly as accurate as just grabbing a mortise chisel and a mallet and by hand hogging all that wood out. Now, I can tell you that the first two went really well, went really well. The third one was really hard, and I'm sore today. Then I took a look at the edge of my chisels, and they were all dulled up. And they were, they were making it so much harder for me to do my work. And I said to Diane, I'm going to try to get three more mortises done this week, but before I do, i got to sharpen my edge. I have to let the chisel catch its breath. Are you hearing me? And that's going to help me work smarter and easier. We, it's a metaphor of the axe, the chisel that I'm talking about, that if you take the time to sharpen yourself, life will be so much easier for you. So it's obvious <coughs> that rest is built into creation. You've got to understand that. Physical rest and refreshment are important to us. Many people are dying and are sick to the max from stress and all the things, and they never take a time to... Breathe. Right? To stop, grab your knees, and let your breath catch up to you. So if rest was so important to God, uh, do, you, do you think there's a slight chance that it ought to be at least important to us? Huh? And I might even venture to say, if you find that rest is not important to you, that you're spitting in the face of God's creation. And I don't think that will go good for you. So we can all agree, I think all of us would agree, whether you get to do it or not, whether you make it happen, that rest is a good thing. Okay, right? And so life moves very fast, but for many of us, it's nothing more than a blur. At least a day of rest applies the brakes to our activities, and it slows life down enough where you can begin to regain your bearings, rebalance, sharpen your edge, right? And, and I think in light of this, we ought to see Sunday even a little differently. For many of us, and I'm not getting into a law thing of Saturday. Saturday is the Sabbath and Sunday. That's not what I'm getting into. But have you ever wondered why you absolutely need a nap on Sunday afternoon, yet you probably can't take a nap any other day of the week, but Sunday afternoon you can take a nap? Huh? Diane takes a nap every Sunday afternoon. Apparently from what I've told you, she takes a lot of naps. But anyway... <laughs> She works very hard, but Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, if I got her out to a restaurant and 3 o'clock hits, her face is in the food because she's taking a nap, okay? She's out. 
That's an exaggeration, but she's like, we got to go because it's my nap time. <laughs> and I love to watch sports. And I can't. Because when I hit my recliner and I turn my sporting activity on that I've been waiting for all week, I watch the first quarter and wake up and the next game's on. And I'm like, what happened? Because the body just went, shut down. That don't happen another time in the week. Think about it. But Sunday, somehow... You can't stay awake. Now, I have heard it said that you might be a preacher if a Sunday afternoon nap is a spiritual experience. Just saying. So we love our Sunday afternoon naps. Most weekdays, we can crank it up a notch as we're trying desperately to finish all of our tasks before you got to clock out before the end of the day, but not on Sunday. We'll be here until 12, 1230. Some of you might not get out till a little bit later. And you're going home and having a nice big Sunday go-to-meeting meal, you know, at the fancy eating dinner table, as, as the Beverly Hillbillies would say. And you eat that food, next thing you know, you're out. You're out. And it's a good thing. Even that's a sign that we've slowed life down enough to grab our knees and catch our breath. So don't spit in the face of a Sunday afternoon nap, okay? And I know we need to be careful here because it would be like creating a new law. Every Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, you need to take a nap. Notice, no, that's not what I'm talking about. There's been some Sundays when I got home and I just didn't want to take a nap. I wanted some other recreate. I can sleep later, I said to Diane. And I go to bed at 8.30 or 9 or 9.30. I don't stay up late, Okay. And so there's some Sunday afternoons I'll just go sit in my boat and all day long and let a line get wet, drown worms. <laughs> Hope to catch a fish. It didn't matter. I'm like, oh, God's creation. I mean, I'm soaking in creation on God's created day, the only day he called holy in creation. You guys should never look at Sunday the same. Now, it can be any day. For me, it's usually Monday, but for most people, Sunday is the day when we nap. We nap. We don't want to create a law. And a, um, it's just got to be this freedom that comes in God. So let me bring this to an end, close us today. Let's see what time is it, 11.14. The seventh, seventh day can be any day of the week. I'm not talking about a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, if for any reason I get called away on a Monday, I will make sure that I take a different day to just do what brings me joy. That's not to suggest that doing church works doesn't bring me joy. Are you hearing me? This is, many of you, if not all of you, have a job. You have employment. I have a job. I have employment. It is pastoring a church. I know it sounds awful to call it a job and an employment, but that is, in essence, what it is, right? And I have to take a rest from that. The Lord's day, beautiful day, uh, is a wonderful gift given to us by God in creation. So I know we think of Lord's day, we automatically default to Sunday. I can tell you what, I automatically default to Monday. What is your Lord's day?
And a lot of times we've, we've thought about Lord's Day as the day where you got to turn off all the TV and turn off everything, just sit in your chair and read your Bible all day. That's not what we're talking about here. It's refreshing the body, refreshing the mind, refreshing the soul, refreshing the three parts of who you are. So when it's time to hit the ground running again, you're whole, you're complete, spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, you got to catch your breath. And then grab your knees and catch your breath, metaphorically. Now, those type A personalities will struggle with what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I often approach a Sunday afternoon with a long list of things. I say, well, I want to go fishing and I want to work in my shop, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, I'm snoring in my chair, missing the game I was looking for time. So I think that they are marks of a good Christian life if we can learn to catch our breath, to be a part of the creative process. And so I ask you today, are you resting? Are you intentional about taking, and I'm not just talking about a quick cat nap, okay? We all have those moments where all I need is just a power nap, five minutes, and I'm good to go. That and an energy drink, I'm all good. No, I'm talking about a day of rest. Do we take Sabbath time? And I'm not talking about Sunday time. You know, on Mondays when I'm doing nothing but that which fills my soul, that's a Sabbath. Are you hearing me? And we call it that in our house. Diane says, you're taking a Sabbath today? Or she'll see that I'm stressed and tired, and she'll say, I think you need to take a Sabbath today. And I automatically recognize that's a release to do whatever I choose to do. But I can't choose to do things that just wear me out because that's not a rest. Are you hearing me? You need to see that this is a gift from God. It's grounded in creation. It's grounded in redemption. It's a gift that offers both physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual refreshment. So if you're feeling weary... If you're feeling worn out, then there might be a chance you're also feeling distant from God. This is what happens. And maybe it's time to catch the breath of the Holy Spirit again by catching your breath. So maybe it's time to get some rest. Have a Sabbath day. And it will refresh you in the Lord. I promise you it will. If you can believe this this morning and receive it, can you give the Lord a praise in the house of God? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the, uh, number 12 on your run sheet. Uh, let me uh, close this out with an invitation or a response today. We all get all kinds of invitation in life. We get invitations to weddings. We get invitations to open houses. We get invitations to birthdays. We get invitations to graduations. Uh, the list can go on and on and on. But nothing compares to the invitation of Jesus Christ. Nothing ever compares. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. If you want true rest, 
Jesus is the only place to find it. He's the only one that can give you that authentic rest for your soul and for your body. Those Sabbaths that I have on Monday, a great portion of that Sabbath on Monday is taken reading my Bible, reading a book, studying some material, not for the message at all. I don't use Mondays to prepare a message. I use Mondays to prepare my own heart. We all need those times. And so Jesus says, come to me. If you want rest, come to me. The first thing we got to do is come to Jesus for rest. So Jesus extends this invitation to us to be free from the turmoil and unrest in the world. And my goodness gracious, there's so much turmoil and unrest in the world. And Jesus' invitation is an invitation to peace. It's an invitation to contentment. It's an invitation to rest. I don't know that I could ever find the rest that I find in life without Jesus being a part of my rest day. In fact, the focal point of my rest day. And to think about, you know, when I'm out there fishing or I'm working in my shop, and especially, I guess both in fishing, you know, I'm out in creation, and I see the bald eagle fly over the lake and swoop down and get a fish. And I think, that was my fish. (laughs) Or I'm in my shop working. Working, yes, working, but I'm working with a piece of wood that's God's creation. And he's allowed me to create his creation into what I see in his creation. And I see those times where you might think, well, you're working hard. I am a part of God's creative process Refreshing my soul. You got to have it, folks. You must have it. And I can't have it without Jesus Christ. And I want to say to you today that you can't have it without Jesus Christ either. And so if you want to take Jesus up on his invitation, all you have to do is receive him in your heart as Lord and Savior. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, last verse. I'm going to ask you to pray with me and then turn it over for, uh, to Caleb for dismissal. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Wow. So if you would uh, bow your heads with me, close your eyes, please. That invitation of Christ still stands today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And as he was on the seventh day, or the sixth day, when he completed all his work, and the seventh day when he rested, and he said, it's holy, it's set apart, it's sanctified, and man must cease from his labors as well. And he sent his son to die on a cross for each one of us. He's waiting for you to accept that invitation. He's waiting if you will, for your RSVP. Would you say this prayer with me today? Heavenly Father, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Reveal yourself to me in a special way. I want to live for you with all my heart. I don't always do it real well, but I really want to. So help me. Forgive me of my sins. 
I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.